0: It's time to sit down and relax
1: for the good,
0: the bad, and the sequel Q&A with your
2: host, Doug.
1: Hey there, Doug here. So I hope you enjoyed last week's review with our special guest, Gina. If you want to take a stab and review a movie with us, you have to just follow us on social media at sequelsonly and suggest a sequel for us to do. Then we'll try our best to find someone who worked on it. So next week... Jamie and I are discussing the follow-up to the 1982 horror classic Poltergeist. Of course, I'm talking Poltergeist 2, the other side. And I was lucky enough to interview the writer of both films, Michael Grace. Michael is one interesting individual, and I had a lot of fun chatting with him. In the beginning, it seemed like he was a little bit like, Hey, why is this guy talking to me? Then he really opened up, and he, he was definitely one of my favorites so far. We talked about his start in the industry, working with Spielberg, working with Seagal. You're not going to want to miss that. That is six minutes of pure joy. And we talked about other projects he has in the works. So I know you're going to enjoy this conversation because I know I did.
0: Hey, Michael. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. So I don't know if you had a chance to listen to any of the episodes. If not, no big deal. What we do is, uh, really just talk about movie sequels because they're quite fascinating. And, uh, yeah, so before we dive into some of the movies they did, so where does your story begin? Where did you grow up?
3: Uh, I grew up in Illinois, and, um, on the north side of Chicago. Are oh, you a Cubs um, fan
0: or, is that Cubs or White Sox? Y- y-
3: if you're a Cubs fan, you're, um, you're doomed. White <laughs> <laughs> White Sox. <laughs> but, uh, I'm not a big, uh, baseball fan anyway. But oh, I, yeah. I grew up in, so I grew up in Illinois and then I, uh, went to school in, uh, NYU film school.
2: Oh, and I graduated,
3: graduated. Yeah. I graduated from, uh, Emerson. I lived three years at NYU and then I graduated from Emerson for my last oh, year.
0: Oh. Up in Boston? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. my
3: daughter's name. That's funny. <laughs> it's a my great town. To
0: yeah, my wife wanted to go there in high school. She had to stay local. and going
3: to Seton Hall. Oh yeah, Well yeah. uh, it's, it's the it's the most fun town if you're a college person.
0: Oh, oh yeah, yeah good time.
3: Oh my God, it's fantastic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what years were you in Boston?
3: Oh God, what years was I in? Sixty eight, sixty nine. I was there in uh, seventy and seventy one.
0: Okay, so I know you, I know you were a baseball fan. Do you happen to go to any like games at Fenway or Celtic games?
3: I did go to one one game at the Fenway just to to go to one game at the Fenway.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah, that was so fun. That's
0: an experience, and you've been yeah. to Wrigley, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: You've been to, to the the only old one standing, really.
3: Yeah, that's true. Know, all of them,
0: yeah. So you went to NYU. what what got you that passion to want to go that direction
3: um, actually, it was the movie blow up. I saw that film, and I said i want to make movies <laughs> and uh, i had, I had been going to uh like a prep school kind of thing and um you know pre college uh, in on the east coast and uh, i was uh we drove, me and a couple of friends of mine drove to New York for this interview I had because I was going to uh, uh, to Peru, and uh, we were very um, high at the time. <laughs> and uh, I went in for this interview, and I just told this guy what I was writing and what I wanted to do, and he said, how old are you? And I said, I don't know, I'm 20, I think. I think it was twenty, nineteen or 20. He yeah. says, you're in. I said, I said, don't you want my uh grades and stuff? He goes, no, you're in. I said, okay. I said, I don't want you to fool me because I'm about headed to Peru and I don't want to come back and find out I don't have a college to go to. He said, no, I guarantee it, you're in. So that's how I got into NYU.
0: Wow, and how was Peru?
3: Peru was fantastic, fell in love twice.
2: You
0: did? <laughs>
3: I mean, it was great, it was great. I did a lot of photography in, in Peru, and then uh, came back and went to n y u and that was uh, very difficult for somebody that never lived in a you know a large city before. It freaked me yeah. out at first
0: yeah,
3: I mean, it's just the sirens and the trucks and everything going all night long. It's just you know. It was, uh, a lot for me to handle. And I, I lived around the block from Max's, Kansas City. So that's the bar I went to. I don't know All if right. you know what Max's, I don't know if you know yeah. Max, the. yeah. So, you know, that was that crowd. So I went there and I thought, well, this is what New Yorkers look like. Okay. So, you know, I changed my look to look like I belonged. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I chased, chased waitresses. So, you know. It was, uh, I had a real, had, uh, Martin Sosese was one of my professors. Oh, wow. And, yeah, he was fantastic. He would be stoned every night and come to class and tell us what he did the night before. And that was our class. He talked so fast. It was unbelievable. And, um, Mnuchin was there and, uh, you know, he, I got to make make some films and uh, I started writing films there and there was no film there's no film there were no film schools anywhere in the country film schools did not exist in any even at the film even at the film departments films film screenwriting did not exist yeah. so when I got out of college I went to I went to the University of Oregon for graduate school to get an oh, MFA nice. you,
0: you're like following us we're, we're yeah, I, I, am fo- I am following you. Yeah, we lived in we lived in Oregon for a
3: few years in Portland. And cool. Yeah, yeah. Eugene was where I was at, and uh, nice. I'm a duck.
0: Yeah, you are a duck. And,
3: yeah. and then, uh, so I drove down um, to L.A. And uh, at that time, you had to find somebody to teach you how you know how to write screenplays. And so my parents knew um, the parents of a screenwriter, screenwriter in L.A., and so they made a call, and he he agreed to see me, and then he started, um, you know, teaching me to write screenplays. He t- it took about four days. Uh, I'd write something, he'd scream at me and kick me out of his house and tell me never to come back. I'd come back the next day, and he goes, this is a little better, but get out anyway. You know, and then, and then, finally, finally said, all right, you're starting to get it. And then on the fourth day he said, okay, you got it. Now get out of here. So, uh, it was lucky that I did that because a week later I got a call from, uh, the Beretta, um, office, uh, saying that they wanted me to come to the set. So I had been given what was, what the, um, uh, secretary to, to Robert Blake had told me was an, was a, an approved storyline uh you know a uh, treatment or whatever and so it was horrible so i wrote back uh two page or you know, two or three pages of why this should never get made
2: <laughs>
3: and so i thought i would never see them again so, so robert blake wanted to see me i thought oh god what's <laughs> going to happen so i go down to the set and um they I was watching them film a night scene and then they said, why don't you go into Robert's, uh, trailer and wait for him? And oh God, <laughs> okay. It's going to be, it's going to be quiet. He won't know. They don't want anyone to see the murder. So he comes in and he goes, I loved what you wrote. <laughs> I hated that treatment. I hated that story. There was no way to make it work. So I, he said, what do you want to do, kid? So I said, uh, well, I guess I should start on rewrites because I've never um, written a teleplay before, so let's start there. He goes, okay, that's what we'll do, okay, and I'll see you. And so I thought, okay, I leave. I think, you know, I'll never see him again. I get a call you know, four or five days later, come down to Universal Studios, the producers of uh, Beretta and the director of the next episode want to meet with you. So I went down and had two days of meetings with the director and the producer on a rewrite on a on a script, and um, one of them was, one of his names was Bernie, um, and I went into his office at the end of the second day. I said, uh, "Bernie, when when do you want this?" Uh, by, you know, thinking you know, next month, whatever. He said, "Tomorrow." <laughs> so I said, "Okay." Do I have an office? He goes, yeah, right down there. So I didn't uh, type; I I wrote longhand. So I had to kind of guess how many. You know, it had to be a certain number of pages. It had to be 52 pages or 50 pages, something like that. So I had to guess in terms of uh, you know writing on legal pads. And so then it goes down to the um, when I'm done writing, I turn it in. It goes down to the typing pool. And so it's at the typing pool. So I come back late afternoon. I go into Bernie's office. He's on the phone and he's saying, we got lucky. <laughs> he's just whoever he's on the phone with. And so then he gets off the phone. He says, you did good, kid. You did good. He says, we're, we're start, we start shooting tomorrow.
2: <laughs>
3: so that was my first, um, credit. It was called pay or die. And, um, it was more, there was more dead bodies in that show than in any – it was actually brought up before Congress when they were trying to, to tell uh, the, the networks that there was too much bloodshed in their films, in their Whoa. TV shows. And they, they used my film as an example.
0: <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> so, so what was the next step with that? So are you on that during it?
3: Uh no, I was I was doing rewrites for them for you know, it was a se- it was the season after they won the Emmy. And okay. uh so it was it was a prestigious gig, you know, and I I just did I just rewrote scripts. Uh because I knew exactly how Robert wanted what he would say, what he wanted to say and how he wanted to say it. And uh so I did that for a season and then I was on the cop show circuit, starts again Hutch and Kojak and stuff like that. And then I got a uh, a pamphlet of a Canadian Royal Mounted Police report of the largest manhunt in Canadian history that took place during the Depression. And uh, I wrote a screenplay based on that, and it was ended up being called Death Hunt. And it had Charles Bronson, Lee Marvin, Angie Dickinson, Carl Weathers, um, I forget who else. Yeah, it was amazing. So that was my first film, and then then I and then Spielberg uh, got me and uh, wrote Poltergeist with him, and then you know the rest.
0: Yeah. So so just to touch on Death Hunt again. So when you write a movie like that and it gets picked up by the studio, are you yeah. there with the director like the cast the director, like knowing who they're going to cast or do you find out afterwards?
3: No, I'm, I'm the, just, if I'm not producing, I'm just a writer. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not there for, you know, the, the producer was, uh, Al Ruddy, who won an Oscar for The Godfather. So he wasn't telling me much of anything.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. <laughs> you know, so I would find out afterwards who they cast. But we actually had written it for Charles Bronson for the lead role. Oh, you role. did? Okay. Yeah. a, uh, uh a description of him from a fan magazine, from an interview in a fan magazine from the the writer had described what he looked like. And that was the description I put in the script. And so he read it obviously and saw himself in that role.
0: Wow.
3: Yeah. it was, And he was great in it. They were both great.
0: He's and great. To, meet love that,
3: to meet them was just amazing. You know, it was, it was, was really interesting. Was it kind of
0: unreal if you think about it, like your journey, like Five six years before that, you have that guy, that connection you had, you know, teaching you how to write. In, you know, in four days, throwing you out, and then like <laughs> five six years later, you're like writing a movie that stars two legends. Uh,
3: yeah, it wasn't even that much long. It wasn't even that long much longer.
0: But yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was weird. Uh, <laughs> they flew us up to uh, where they were shooting in Canada, uh, Lake Louise, I think it was and um you know they said that well we said well can we you know we want to go see the set the director was really nice he said of course that's what you that's what you're here to do to come see what you did so he said it's yeah, over there behind behind that bunch of trees I couldn't see a thing so we get <laughs> so we go down there and we get through the bunch of trees and there's the town that we wrote with the names of the ta- names of the you know stores that we wrote <laughs> honestly <laughs> I mean, it was just mind blowing you know it was just incredible that's yeah, probably the
0: incredible.
3: that's probably the wildest uh, most exciting thing that happened to me in, in hollywood in terms yeah, of yeah
0: you yeah you write something on and, a piece of paper and you see it on a sign or the yeah the
3: it was that was about a paragraph long and it was a whole town <laughs> <laughs>
0: So here, yeah, was, here's a question I was going to ask later about like Poltergeist and some of your other movies, but yeah. might, did you ever write write like personal things into it, like maybe like the tree you grew up on or like, the town you grew yeah, up? Yeah, you did
3: the, the the yeah the tree that comes through the house that happened that, that happened to me when I was a little boy. Uh, I was live. I was I woke. I took a nap in my house, and uh, you know we get. Um, Thunder, big thunderstorms and tornadoes and not tornadoes, but, you know, hurricanes. I don't know what the hell they are. Um, but anyway, uh, and, uh, I woke up and, um, my sister, my parents were out and my sisters who were older than me. They were both out. And, um, so the person that was staying with me had, was gone. So I was all alone. So I was really scared. So I was sitting at the top of the stairs. The landing on the top of the stairs, and the trees are blowing and they're you know clacking against the window, and then a tree comes smashing through the window. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, that 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 was it. That scares the living hell out of me. <laughs> so
0: yeah,
3: so that was that was in the movie.
0: Yeah, out the two in that movie, of those real life things that can happen, because I don't yeah. think you moved into a house that they moved the headstones. But no, I was thinking maybe he had a fear of
3: clowns, but no, the truth thing...
0: I did have a playing. fear of clowns. Oh, you I did? did have a... Okay.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, yeah. And then in one draft they had, you know, I had that there were piranhas, you know, I used to fantasize that there were piranhas in the in the shad carpet, so I'd have to jump a certain way to the bathroom at night.
0: <laughs> Whoa. And
3: that never got in the script, but <laughs> <they> did <it. laughs> So... Um yeah, so yeah, there was a bunch of things that that got in there that you know, our fears, you know, that um fears that I had and you That's know and stuff that we stuff we made up. Yeah. Yeah. Was, so how was, did
0: cool. how did Grace come about? Like that idea.
3: Uh Steven saw um Death Hunt and then he read a script that we wrote called uh Turn Left or Die which was about traffic controllers, and it was a comedy. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it took place at Chicago's O'Hare. So we had done the research for it. It was really well-researched. well, well researched. We, we got permission from the union to go up into the tower, and we were up there for like a week,
1: you know, oh, listening wow. to
3: these guys and, and taping them and, uh, you know, uh, listening to their, you know, getting their dialogue right and everything. And, uh, the screenplay was, was really good. And so he saw Death Hunt, read that script, and then hired us. That's how it happened. Oh, he, well, here's, here's a, here's a little thing that's interesting. He brought okay. us up to his house, uh, and, um, we were watching, uh, a movie called A Guy Named Joe, I think it was. I don't know, or something, Angel, I don't know what it was. Uh, something like that it was and it was about a, a guy who's uh two guys who are in the service and they're both in love with the same girl, and one of them dies and the The other guy is jealous when his friend goes out with her, but then he he sees that she really needs somebody, so he tries to talk her into and tries to talk his buddy you know being a ghost talk him into being with her or something like that so uh, then he started talking. Then we saw that movie. Said, "Okay, you know, I really wasn't excited about it very much, as you can tell." But uh then he, we started talking about uh, he started talking about this ghost story that he wanted to write, where the ghost comes out of the television. And I was like, "Wow, that's cool!" <laughs> so, you know, we were young, so we didn't really know how outrageous we were being. So the next day, I called them up and I said. You know, Stephen, I really appreciate your offering us that one with the guy named Joe one, but we really like the the uh, the ghost story better. <laughs> so he said, well, I'm in negotiations with somebody, and they don't look like they're going good, so if they fall through, you guys will be hired. That's me and my ex-partner, Mark Victor. So um, that happened. Uh, he had, in, who he was in, uh, I think that he was, who he was negotiating with was Stephen King. Oh um, wow! Yeah, I know. So, um, so yeah, so we got the gig, and then and then we knew that you know we wanted to be involved. With, and while that film was being made, we were on strike, so we were we were out the whole you know striking our own movie, uh, which was was oh, yeah. a strange Hollywood incident. Yeah. And so we knew we wanted to be producers, so we'd have more control, you know. So to do what you're talking about, to know who's being cast and to oh, yeah. have a say in saying things. And so, when they came to us and said, "Do you want to do Poltergeist 2? we said, "Yeah, only if we get to produce it." So they said, "Okay." So that's how that was how we did Poltergeist 2, which was our first production.
0: So that's how they came up to you. You know, it, it's been a few years afterwards, and the first one did yeah. well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was it was weird because it was like four years afterwards.
0: It was, yeah. I think.
3: I think, yeah. And um, you know, the, we had written it. If we knew better, we would never have done any of that flying stuff at the end, the angels and the flying and all that crap. <laughs> I hated that. But um, Richard Edlin, who was the the um, special effects guy, who was hot as a hot as could be. He was the hottest guy, uh, you know around for special effects at that time and he had that equipment and he wanted to use it so he convinced us into rewriting the ending of the script which was more like um i don't know that robin williams movie with uh when he goes to get his wife who's in who's in the heaven or hell wherever she oh is. yeah
0: yeah Every yeah the movie.
3: what dreams may come or whatever
0: Yeah, you got it
3: yeah and uh so he t- convinced us to do the flying stuff, which I regret. But, you know, it, it just would never have happened if it wasn't our first production. If we knew more, uh, we, would have, we wouldn't we would have done it. But we were green, you know, so you make mistakes, you live with them.
0: Yeah, and you know what else is fascinating, especially when it comes to sequels, because that's what we basically only talk about, is a lot of them are done, <clears throat> even in just sometimes a shorter span. And they don't get that core cast back? Yeah. But with this, you were able to do it.
3: Yeah. It pretty Well, it wasn't easy. <laughs> we, went okay. to, we, we, we went to see, first we went to see um, Joe Beth. And we found out, you know, talking to her, and we found out that um, her grandmother had died. So we said, you know, that's really interesting. We'll put that in the script, you know. And, and so she, she agreed to do the movie. And yeah. we, with each, each of the character, you know, to hit, to the male actor from, what's his oh,
0: name?
3: Craig, Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Craig T. Nelson. It was funny as hell. And he had had experience with uh, a Native American shaman. And so we said, well, that would be great for the, uh, for the person who comes instead of, you know, the little lady. And, uh, wow. so, you know, so we, we, we geared it to their, Taste, and so we brought the, the team back, and um, Freddie Fields took credit for it,
2: <laughs>
3: and he had a, a headline in the in the variety. Freddie Fields puts team puts Boulder Guys Two team back together.
0: <laughs> oh man,
3: he hadn't even been on the on the movie at that time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's you know. That's Hollywood.
0: No, it is, and that that, uh, that bombing monster, that scene is really, really freaky scene.
3: Yeah, and Kane uh, was. Um, they I think I heard that they're doing a prequel or a sequel or something with using uh, Reverend Kane as the evil person. No way. From *Bulldog* Post- from Post- guys too. That's what I heard the other day. Oh, okay. And so. You know, I'm talking to MGM. See what's up, but uh, I'd love to do that. And that would be great. Yeah, here's um, here.
0: I'll I'll jump, I'll jump forward a little bit, and then I want to go back to a couple other movies that you did. But so when okay. the new, when they're doing the new, the new Poltergeist, when they did the remake,
2: yeah,
3: in
0: 2015. Yeah. Are you brought on? Are you involved in that process? No. Okay. No,
3: they're just they're they just pay us.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. they just—they
3: just pay us a lot of money, and we and we and we stay home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't mind. They can do yeah. that all they want. Yeah.
0: What <laughs> if they asked you if, if they were going to do like a prequel? Would that be something you'd be interested in doing?
3: If they asked me to do the, the story of uh, with Rev, Reverend Cain, I would do that. And uh, if they don't ask me to do it, I might do it. Do one with a preacher myself.
2: <laughs>
0: okay.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, my invention, so what the hell. No, it
0: is, yeah. So, so when it so, came to the third movie, did you have anything?
3: Oh, the third movie? Go? They did,
0: came out a third one.
3: Okay, so we had spent two years on Poltergeist 2. From the time we started writing to the time we a wrapped. A long time. Right? Yeah, a long time. And our first production, we were exhausted. And uh, after the Monday after Poltergeist 2 opened, some producer or some exec it wasn't a producer, it was an executive from the studio, comes to our office and says, How would you like to do Poltergeist 3? And my head just dropped onto the desk. <laughs> I said, Absolutely not. I no, no way. So that's. We we bowed out of that. We had the other things we wanted to do.
0: Yeah, they took some time off for a little bit. The next thing again, IMDb is not always right, but it has you executive producer for Great Balls of Fire.
3: Oh, you know when they say when you say time off, there was no time off.
0: Oh, I did It's you're just. Still
3: that, right, it, yeah, you're, we're still getting hired to write screenplays for people. You know, constantly. It's just that yeah. you know when some until something gets made. You know, people think that you oh you haven't been doing anything for four years. No, I know. Is, is
0: there any That's, is there anything that you wrote over the years that you still to this day, like something you wrote in the eighties or early nineties that you still want to be able to get made today that you love so much?
3: Well, it was sort of <laughs> it was sort of uh kind of Top Gun was kind of stolen from a script that we wrote. Oh, I got uh to- which which was um The name of the the story was The Truest Sport, written by um, some famous writer. I forget his name. And um, it was just a short story. And so uh, one of the guys uh, over at Paramount read it and loved it. It was in turnaround from from Tom Mount put it in turnaround because they had done um, a movie with Richard Gere where he played a sailor and – uh, and he didn't want to do another picture with it. I don't know. it was crazy <laughs> anyway, so I mean they come up with reasons that are just ridiculous <clears throat> anyway, so he wanted to do it. He brought us to his office. he was this famous guy uh over at paramount and uh his partner is um uh, you know big shot today, very big um and they did uh top Gun and um Flashdance, and uh, you know, oh, okay. well, yeah, all those movies, and then, and then this guy took a dive and died, but uh, he wanted to do it, and so, but he he went to Tom Mount to get it and to get it back to get it and turn around Tom Mount. although he wouldn't make it, he wouldn't sell it to him, so they made a movie called Top Gun, and oh. that's what our mov- our movie was about. Got this guy who became a Top Gun flyer. That's what the short story is about. It's about a guy doing his first uh, aircraft carrier landings on uh um you know when he's just uh, qualified to be a top gun flyer.
0: Is there anything you can do with that? Like to go to like sag or No. Like,
3: no. That you know it was it was it was enough different that there was no yeah. you know Although I could hear some of my dialogue in there, you know, and when they're, when they're flying around in the sky and they're going, you know. <laughs> I'm sitting in the theater going, I, I wrote that line. <laughs> they're like, but, sir,
0: sir, stop yelling at the screen.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I wish I had made, I wish I had written Top Gun. That would have been great. Um <clears throat> But I didn't. And, um yeah. but the, that script was was a great script. I loved it. And there was another script that I wrote called The Sale Maker, which never got made, but um people have wanted to make it. I don't know if it'll ever get made. But it uh we we worked on that for years. One rewrite after another. One one director after another. And um but it never got made. We we weren't producers so we didn't have any control.
0: Yeah. So the next movie that's on here that got made was uh, Mark for Death. How'd you come about yeah. working,
3: working with Seagal? Yeah, well, that was fun.
0: Yeah.
3: Seagal's insane. Uh, that, you can keep that on the record. He, he's, he is absolutely, he should be certifiably put away. <laughs> He, he is—he—he's one of the worst people I ever met in my life. I had spent two years with the great man.
0: Uh, so here again, this is a story that I heard from somebody I interviewed, but I interviewed uh, William Sadler. Yeah. So he—he he was the bad guy in *Hard to Kill*, and he oh, was the right. goal. And he yeah. said, "So the ending scene in the movie was like too graphic when they when they did." uh and they had, like, audiences check it out, so they had to do a reshoot. And at that point, whoever the director of Parks Kill was and Seagal weren't talking for, like, months before that. So they, right. so he, William Sadler, came up with the ending for the movie, and the director goes, that's a great idea. How about you go pitch it to Seagal? And when I interviewed him, he did, like, a little Seagal impersonation, but he said, yeah, it was like, because he worked with, in the same year, he had Die Hard too and Hard to Kill, so I said, "How is it working with Bruce Willis and you know Seagal?" And he was like, "Oh, Bruce is great. Bruce is great." And then he's like, "And Seagal."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: and was Seagal. he just too
0: intense, or were, at this time he was already like, "I'm trying to think what movie this would have been in his realm, but this is probably like number three of his He big he, movies? Kn-
3: he knows more than anybody. About anything,
0: yeah.
3: You know, he's the most egocentric person you could ever meet. He wanted us to hire him a bodyguard. And he's like six four, carries a forty-five on his hip, and he's supposed to be like hands. You know, he could kill people with his legs and hands. And he wants a bodyguard. He was a bodyguard. <laughs> he wants a bodyguard. You know, he he spent money like, and he just. Spent money like insane. He had, you know, every lunch was a hundred dollars. You know, back then the hundred dollars that's like spending two hundred today.
0: Oh yeah. So, and, was this uh, a movie he, that you were hired uh, to? Somebody no. Up to you? We wrote
3: we wrote it on spec and uh, oh, brought okay. it and 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 we're talking to Segal. Seagal pitched us a movie. Take this. He pitched us a movie. He said this happened to be in Japan when I was a bodyguard in Japan. And so he pitches this, this story. So we go to our agent at CAA and we say, you know, we had a great meeting with Seagal. You know, he pitched us this really cool story. And so our agent goes, yeah, what'd he pitch? So we tell him what he pitched and he says, that's Black Rain. It's coming out next week. Seagal read the script and just repeated it to you. That's how insane he was. He, insane. I swear to God, he, he didn't know he didn't know reality from fantasy. I think you know, he read that script. And he saw himself in the role, so he thought he lived it. I don't know. <laughs> so we just went with our script. <laughs> we wrote Let's we just, Yeah, so then we got writing to we got writing the story that we wanted to write and uh which was going back to our hometown, uh, in Highland Park, Illinois. Uh, yeah. We had read we had read an article in Time magazine that the uh, rastafarian gangs that were taking, took over a, a small town in uh, in the Midwest. Uh, they just you know went up to anybody that was selling dope and shot them in the head, and uh, you know took their took over the whole running of the whole town, and the police were afraid of them and everyone was afraid of them. Blah blah blah. So we thought, well, this will make a good movie. So that became Mark for Death. And uh Seagal wanted writing credit, and he didn't write anything. Oh, he also, when we turned in the script and the studio gave it a green light, he wrote a script himself while he was on a plane, flying from somewhere to somewhere, and turned it into the studio. And the studio called us and said, what the fuck is this? You, we're not green lighting this. They said, "What? What? We didn't know what he was talking about." And then we, then they we went to the studio and they showed us this, this script. It made no sense whatsoever. I said, "Well, this cigar wrote. We didn't have anything to do with it. We didn't even know he was doing it." So the, the script that you greenlit—that's the one we want to do. So they said, "Okay, we'll just deal with Steven. So is
0: it just an ego thing, or is it just making yeah. a, a few more bucks? Because there's no of Stallone doing it, uh Paul Paul Hogan for Crocodile Dundee, uh, it, third it's one. It's just
3: it's just ego. It's pure ego. Wow. Yeah, they're actors, you know. they
0: yeah, yeah I'm sure. So, but the gal I you know,
3: everybody I've ever talked to who worked with the gal said he's the worst person I ever worked with in my life. <laughs> you know. He gave me he literally gave me I had Brown hair before I started. I had gray hairs on the side of my head when after I finished that movie. <laughs> How long was the shoot of that movie that
0: you had to deal with them one
3: on one? Oh well, we had to deal with them in pre-production. We had to deal with them in post-production. We had to deal with them during the production. Was shorter <laughs> than the way shorter than pre-production or post. Yeah. So you know, it was a it was a good. How went face to face? Oh, I'd say uh, a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: that's a with, lot.
3: A with a lot. With Steven Seagal, that's like you know ten years and a ten years with <laughs> anybody else. Yeah.
0: So then, one movie that you made a few years after that was, as a kid, it was such a cool movie. It was I use the word? But Cool World. How did that How yeah. did that idea come up?
3: Uh, that came up because I knew what Ralph Bakshi wanted to do, what his taste was, and so they called us in to pitch to him uh, at uh, I think it was Paramount, Paramount Studios, and um, so we were just the writers. We came in, I I came up with the story and and uh, you know, but you know he had gangsters and hookers and you know cops and you know he, he loved all that shit. we pitched it to him, and he just jumped up in the air and said, you're my guys. (laughs) So so we were hired to write that. So uh, we had never written anything that was – I hadn't written anything that was, um, you know, animated. So I asked Bakshi, I said, so how do you write for animation? And he gave me the greatest example uh, that just completely turned my head around, and and I got right into it. He said, imagine – you're filming from inside an eyeball that's rolling down a stairway, and you see everything from the eyeball's point of view.
2: <laughs>
3: he said, "In other words, you can do anything. So, oh. you know, we did what we did what we could."
0: <laughs> so, with your with your quote unquote pen to paper, uh, how did you like the end product?
3: Well. It wasn't, I, I thought, I really thought that the animation was going to be better than it was. A lot of it, uh, you know, it just, I thought it was going to be as good as Roger Rabbit, and it didn't even come close to that quality. I didn't think. Although I, I hear that it's a, like a stoner hit. People, you know, kids like it. I didn't know about the ending was different than our ending, but the basic story of a guy who gets in our story, he got sent to jail for for murder and uh I think it was he murdered his wife <laughs> and when he and then he became famous in jail and and he he uh came back to the neighborhood that he had lived in before and bought the house across the street from the family of the woman that he murdered, so it was a lot more. Tension in it, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. And um, but other than that, you know, he, he became a tattoo. You know, he became famous. He started out a tattoo artist, then became a comic book. You know, dark comic book artist, and, and and was famous, and moved out. You know, so the basic stories was all the same. I just thought it. I just thought the animation would be better, but it wasn't. So there yeah.
0: So. Did you know, like right away, this? Is the, I know you didn't have the producer end of it, but when you found out who was cast in it, it was pretty top-notch people. Obviously, Brad Brad Pitt was, you know, up and coming. Oh, Brad! So yeah, I mean.
3: Brad Pitt had just just come off *Selma* of and *Louise*, and yeah. uh, *Kim Bassinger*, and oh my God, we were thrilled. Yeah, and It was that was it was fantastic. So they loved so the script. They, they were attracted to the roles, and that's that's our job. So
0: no, that is. We yeah. did it. I love that movie, and I watched it a couple of months back, and I still, I still love it. I just love when the animation and the real life collide.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you yeah. did. It was it was, it was fun so to fun. write.
0: No, I got just with the advice you were given. You know, be able to basically do whatever you want.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and they didn't bother us uh, at all while we were writing. So, you know, that was good.
0: Here's a couple of producer credits that, especially Natalie, you mentioned before, I didn't know that before we started chatting, but you said Stephen King might have been the original person that Spielberg was going to ask to write the Poltergeist idea that he had. But is that right? You're a producer on Sleepwalkers. Yeah. How is it when you're just a producer and not the writer? I've talked to a few producers, but not for big movies, you know, like that
3: you've done. Well, we bought the script. Oh. Okay. Uh, it was Stephen King had written it was the only script he's ever written. He wrote it on spec and put it on the market. And all the studios offered uh, about the highest bid they made was seven fifty. And uh I paid a million two, I think. And so wow. I just I just I just paid a million two just to get it off the market and get done with it. Cause yeah. I knew, I knew, I knew it would, I knew it would get made. So the minute that we bought it, you know, suddenly everyone was saying, you know, this script is worth a million and a half.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: so, you know, so, uh, you know, I own the underlying rights basically.
0: How how did you like how that movie came out? Like buying the script, the casting.
3: Well, you know, I, the director, um, made a few mistakes. Um, you know like the cat suits that he 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 he, de- he demanded that he make the cat suits not the special effects people so he made the cat suits So the first day we get out and like the actors get into the cat suits and they can't breathe because there's no there's no vents in the suits
0: <laughs> was he had a shirt or did he have any i don't
3: i don't remember if he did or not <laughs> but he, he he must have believed that he could do it I mean, I don't, yeah. he did it, you know, he designed them. I don't think he did them. It was himself. He just designed them and gave them to somebody to make, and they were rubber, and they, this just looked like crap. And uh, yeah. so we, we had to shut down for the, our first two days. We had to shut down and uh, re, rejig it. Um, and then I was, uh, I wasn't there the whole time. I was in Europe making uh UFO uh Series for CBS, and my partner was on the set of uh, Sleepwalkers. So um, uh, I didn't, you know, I was on, I was on the set for, I'd say, well, I was there for pre-production and probably, uh, well, well, was about half of making the film, half of okay. production. Yeah, and then and then I was in uh, in Europe making that uh UFO abductions and visitors from the unknown and all that. It was which was there, great fun.
0: Yeah. So there was a lot of cool cameos and sleepwalkers. Yeah. Toby Hooper, Mike yeah. Barker,
3: yeah King
0: of
3: we course. Picked, we got all our great we got all our fan all our uh faves, you know, the guys that we looked up to. We got them in the movie. <laughs> You, you to, that, was, that was the best part of it for me.
0: Oh I bet. Were you, did you happen to be there with Mark Hamill?
3: No, I wasn't there. I wasn't there for that last scene.
0: That was pretty cool that he was in that movie. I know he did a few movies after that. Yeah, also Toby Toby it, Hooper
3: was, cool. was Toby Hooper was in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome.
3: Yeah, he was we lived across the I lived like two blocks from Toby. Oh
0: really?
2: Yeah.
3: In in Pacific Palisades, yeah, he he was a really nice guy, really nice guy. You wouldn't know it from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but he was a really <laughs> sweet. <laughs> he was a really sweet guy.
0: I think sometimes those people that are in that. I interviewed a gentleman who uh, played Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the third movie, and he's yeah. the nicest guy in the world. And again, like while they're on set, you know, you've done obviously Poltergeist, so like when you're doing those movies, like. And the end product is really scary and it's really sensible and I'm sure some of the scenes while you're doing it's really suspenseful, but there it's different when you're like on set watching it. Like he would tell me
3: some really oh, oh, absolutely, and, absolutely. Uh, the first time I, <laughs> okay, the first time I saw Poltergeist because I had never seen it. We were like I said, we were picketing our own movie.
2: Yeah.
3: So Stephen so had a private screening and a little theater that was in the studio. And so I came in, uh, and I was a little bit late. I came in with my girlfriend, uh, who she and I were getting in a lot of trouble at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, we came in a little late, sat down. And so I was sitting in, like, the front row. But, you know, it was just this tiny theater. And the film came on, and it scared me. I, I, I ran out of there.
2: Because
3: <laughs> I, I didn't know what to expect. And then uh, suddenly it was like right in front of me. It was so real. <laughs> so, yeah, it's way different than when when you're making it than when you're not making it.
0: That's so cool that you said that.
3: <laughs>
0: That's true. So, so here's, a, here's another credit that I have to ask you about. Uh, yeah. So on there it's who killed Atlantis children? Yeah. So, so I don't know if you're. Are you watching? Do you watch Mine Hunter on Netflix at all?
3: Yeah, I have.
0: So the second season is this mostly.
3: Yeah. Well, we had it. We had some. We had a lot of inside information about what happened. Oh um, wow! Because there was a there was one of the producers. Uh, the other producer was us, and I can't remember his name. But he's a. a African American guy and he was the the publisher of some music magazine back then and for for whatever reason somebody came to him and said i have I have a lot of information about who killed about the Atlanta child murders and so he came to us and said, I got this inside information I want you guys to produce it with me because he had never produced anything, and um, we said sure, and so uh, we came up with a with you know we came, we we didn't come up with a story because we, you know, the story is based on the facts of these yeah. two. He was one of the reporters that went down that went that's in the movie.
0: Oh wow! He okay. was the,
3: he he was the Gregory Hines character.
0: Oh okay.
3: Okay, and the guy he went with was another guy who was a real guy, you know? And um, <clears throat> so we went to Showtime and pitched it, and they said, okay, let's do it. And so um, I forget who wrote that thing. Did we write it? I don't remember.
0: It has the name on there for writing. Again, these aren't his right, but Charles Robert Carner.
3: Ah, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie wrote it, and he also directed it. Yeah, he's great.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. We just produ- we just produced it, and the other producer on there, if you have his name in front of you, that was that was the guy that had that information.
0: Let's see the other producer. There are four. So you, Mark, Rudy, and Peter. Rudy. Okay, so Rudy Langless. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the, fact, yeah. the story's fascinating. Mine Mindhunter is a really well done show. So it's funny that we're we're talking and me and my wife were watching it the other night. I'm like, hey, wait, wait, wait. So the, the same thing. goes so on here.
3: The the third season of Mine is about Atlanta child murders.
0: Well, the Yeah, the second season they're sprinkling it in, so they're like interviewing Charles Manson and Berkowitz. But throughout yeah. it, like this is like the main storyline throughout the whole. Uh,
3: well, the truth, of, the, the truth of what what was what they found out was that it was the KKK who were doing it. It wasn't it wasn't some serial killer.
0: Very interesting.
3: Yeah, and that's in the show. That's in that's in the movie that we did. Yeah, I
0: want to watch it. You no, know, as soon as we saw you and my wife, I'm like, God, oh, man, we got to check this out.
3: Oh, uh, it's really good. It, it was really well done. Charlie did a great job. Um, Jim Belushi,
0: Gregory Hines.
3: Jim, yeah, Jim Belushi, Gregory Hines. It was great.
0: Yeah.
3: It was it was terrific.
0: So you were on set for a lot of
3: this? Yeah. Yeah, we were on set for that.
0: Yeah, Jim Belushi is a really cool guy.
3: <laughs> he is he is a cool guy.
0: He just moved out to Oregon. He he's like an Oregon ri- lifer now. Oh yeah? Yeah, I he didn't know that. like I still follow a lot of the stuff when we moved and lived out there, like some of the newspapers. And wife, yeah. nice. and yeah, he like he's like a big marijuana grower out there. He doesn't really act as much anymore. He like loves doing that.
3: Yeah, he was he was he was a smoker back then.
0: Oh my
3: god! Uh, yeah, so he, he switched. He, he or he decides to grow his own. I don't know. Uh, hein, Gregory Hines was the sweetest guy. They were both great.
0: Yeah, you know,
3: we had we had dinner with them a bunch of times, and you know we had a good time.
0: Well, that's great. Is there anything over the years that might not? Be, I don't know if you ever update your IMDb. Are there any other movies or shows that I haven't mentioned that you want to talk? About I don't
3: know. I don't know. What, I don't know what's in there. I tell you the truth.
0: No, I can tell you. So the other things that I didn't mention were what you talked about, like the UFO abduction, visitors from the unknown, secrets of the unknown. Were those yeah. all the CBS documentaries? Or the CBS yeah, they were all
3: secrets. They were yeah it was like a CBS miniseries yeah oh, okay
0: And yeah. Then it was Lake Shore, really fun Lake, Lake Shore Drive which is from a few years ago well ten years yeah ago.
3: it's a short it's a short film that I directed how it, was, that, it was how it was directed the, I hated it
0: <laughs>
3: I don't want to ever direct <laughs> I, I don't I don't have the wingspan for it but it turned out it turned out really good but uh, you know. There's people, you know, I'd rather hire them and, and watch them work.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: You know, and because they really are,
2: uh, you gotta
3: be really obsessed with directing to be a director. I mean, you know, it's really uh, a difficult time. I mean, you have to be as obsessed with being a director as I am with being a writer. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've sat for, you know, weeks and weeks working on a script, you know, from, you know, for hours upon hours, and never be, and I'm never bored. I might be frustrated or, you know, or angry about it, but most of the time, I'm, I'm saying I'm happy. You know, I'm in another yeah. world. It's like, and cool, like going back to Cool World. I mean, to be in that world, to write that, was so much fun. See, <laughs> I'll tell you,
0: it was, it was a
3: blast. It was a blast. You know. <laughs> Do you, have you're a in that, you know, you're thinking about that movie and you're writing that movie, whatever movie it is, you're thinking about it, you're writing it, you're thinking about it, today. you're in that movie more than you're yeah. in real life, so you're really in that movie. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> do, you have, do you have a process that you go through when you're writing? It? Is it like, okay, I set a schedule or I lock myself in this room? Is there anything that Michael Grace does to, like, get get it going?
3: Uh, no. I start outlining, I start figuring out the outline, you know, like weeks or months ahead of time. And, and that's off and on, you know, because I'm starting to get ideas and put those ideas in there and, you know, it's kind of, it, it's, there's no, uh, timeline to it or anything like that. And then, um when I do fade in, you know, and I start writing, uh then my wife gets mad at me because all I do is sit and write <laughs> don't, pay t- don't pay any attention to her <laughs> so um the last thing I just wrote a pilot that I optioned a book uh about a celtic a young female celtic warrior uh and it, it just I just got obsessed with it, and i just I just wrote until you know I hurt my my knee and i just dragged it I dragged it around behind me <laughs> like like i didn't have a body you know i just dragged it around, around until finally
2: after i finished
3: the pilot i finally went to the doctor <laughs> and uh you know now i got a brace on it you know i'm doing exercises and <laughs> stuff so. but yeah uh, that's just uh i just couldn't stop writing i just loved i, I love the character she's like a girl with a dragon tattoo in the second century and, um, and um, Ireland, she's, and it's, it's fantastic. So. That's
0: awesome. What you say? Was there any option in
3: the book? Yeah, I optioned the book. And, um, I've written, now I've written, uh, all the screenplays, you know, Mark was the businessman, and I was more, I was the writer. and okay. And, uh, he, he made, he was a lawyer, uh, he, he made great deals, um, uh he made he made better deals than any lawyers we hired or any agents. And uh so since we since we separated in two thousand, um, you know, I've traveled around I and mean, lived in Mexico for years and lived in Taos, New Mexico for years. And then I start, started writing and I've written um, like five screenplays now that are you know, on my website. If you go to it you'll see what I've done. It's uh
0: what's your own great-
3: GracelandEntertainment.com. Oh, that's an awesome
0: name.
3: Yeah. So, Graceland, G-R-E-I-S, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it has all the stuff that I'm doing. So you'll see the thing about the Irish, Irish Warrior Woman too. Oh, cool. So you have,
0: like, the ideas. You don't have the scripts. Oh, yeah. No, they're all, they're
3: all done. They're finished. I have two, two, two series that I finished, the pilots and four screenplays. I have the Lakeshore Drive, the full length movie of Lakeshore Drive, the screenplay for that, and um, I have a movie that I just finished called The Spear of Destiny, which I've been working on for off and on for five years, and I finally got it right, and I just now turned it into uh, my manager, and um, I have a new partner, so he's in L.A. and uh, I'm in Northern California. So, okay. I have a yeah, so uh, you know, I don't want to be there anymore, yeah,, uh, I haven't wanted to be there since <laughs> since two thousand actually, and um <laughs> I think I'm be, i am be planning on moving again somewhere. I've been in Sonoma for nine years, you know it's about five years too long. My wife and I are gypsies, and so we like to we like to move around. <laughs>
0: I know, me and my wife are like that. We moved a lot. We were living yeah, in Toronto. Right. Yeah, we almost moved to Toronto at one point, but we just had a baby. So our baby's eight months old, and uh, we want to make sure she has, like, a foundation. So we bought a house in West New Jersey.
3: Oh, well, great. That's cool. Congratulations.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so we finally did it. So, uh, yeah, she's only eight months, but it's uh, a lot of fun.
3: Yeah. Well, my, my uh, wife's niece... Had just had a baby in she lives in Madrid. So we're going to Madrid.
0: Oh, that uh, means you're and, gonna be you're gonna stay in Madrid. <laughs>
3: yeah. We'll we'll be staying in Madrid for a while. I'm sure okay. <laughs> uh, we we went to uh Bar, we went to Barcelona and uh we went all over Spain uh last September and England and loved it. We just you know, Spain just was Barcelona and Barcelona, especially was just really, I'm also a painter, so um, it really was inspiring for my artwork. And, uh,
0: awesome. What, what do you like to paint? Like, what's your medium?
3: Well, I've been doing acrylic uh, on paper,
0: uh,
3: on canvas, and I've also been doing digital art, too. And uh, if you want to see that, I'm at Michael Grace on, on Instagram. A lot of my stuff oh, cool. is on there.
0: Yeah, I'll put yeah. all the links in there, and I'll start following you. That's awesome.
3: Cool. That's great. Yeah, I, I, I really, uh, when I'm not writing, I'm painting.
0: It's very therapeutic. So,
3: yeah, it is, and it really, it's, a, it's, it's a whole other mindset from writing, so it's really a relief. And then when I come yeah. back to writing, I'm relieved to be done painting.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> and vice versa, you know. it's a good balance good balance balance.
0: yeah, so Michael, thanks so much for taking the time I have two quick questions for you so I know you've written a lot of scripts that have it obviously, like you said, you're always writing people say, hey, write this is there a particular genre that you'd love to be able to write a script for and see it like on the big screen
3: because
0: you've done it like horror you've
3: done action well, I love writing action. Uh, yeah. And I just the script that I just finished that I told you it
2: took five
3: years for me to get it right. Yeah. You
2: know, I'd like to see that. That's what I'd love to see on
3: screen more than anything. Okay. And it's about, it's about it's five uh vampire girls who were changed into vampires against their will. And now they're fighting for, they're fighting the bad vampires to, for the, for the Spear of Destiny, which is the spear that pierced the side of Christ when he was on the cross, and his blood went onto the spearhead and gave it magical powers. And that's an object that is, in reality, is the real thing. It's in the Hopps museum in Austria, and Hitler had it in his bunker. Um, that's, That's the first thing he did when he took control. He invaded Austria, went and got the spearhead, and brought it back to Berlin. So that's that's in the <laughs> story, but it's not. It's really. It's it all takes place in Miami, so it's all kind of. It's really glossy. It's really lit and modern and hip and fun and uh and a lot of action, a lot of shooting <laughs> a lot of shoot, awesome. a lot of shooting. Yeah, it's I fun. can see. That.
0: I can see that being
3: made. Yeah, I think it will get made, and oh. that that's what I'd like to see on the screen most right now.
0: Cool. Well, no, I'll definitely see that. And last question. I know you love writing. You love what you do. I can just hear it through. Everybody listening can hear it. But if you weren't a writer, what do you think you'd be doing right now?
3: Probably be in jail.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For life? What what crime? What crime?
3: (laughs) I don't know. I was always in trouble as a kid. If I, if I didn't write I would be I would have been in trouble. <laughs> oh, yes.
0: Well, we're all happy that you became a writer because
3: oh, well, so you many guys. great
0: things. And so that sounds great. That movie sounds really good. So what's that process, right? Is that is that a movie that wants the five vampire girls? Is that a movie that you want to produce too? So are you pitching Which one?
3: that? The one I just five, told you about. Yeah, the one you
0: just mentioned. Yeah, it's the vampires.
3: Oh, it, it's a fin- yeah. I finished the screenplay and I'll be the producer on it. Yeah, with my partner uh, Carlos Barbosa, and um, yeah, and then you yeah, know, whoever it goes to will be a producer. too. And, you know, be Take the village. There's always lots of producers. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I would be on that big time. I would want to be on it a lot because I, I really, I really love it and I see it and. Uh, I think I could be a, a help to the whoever's directing it.
0: Great. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. keep tabs on you on Instagram and all social media, and then I'll put all the links there and make you check it out. But uh, thanks so much for taking okay. time. Like this hour Sure. Has been so awesome.
3: Thank you. Enjoy, enjoy your wife and baby. Yes,
0: yes. And enjoy moving to uh, Spain or wherever
3: you're going to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to
1: enjoy that
0: a lot, I'll tell you. <laughs> all right. Well, have a great rest. Of your all right. Day.
1: Man, Michael was so awesome. Like I said, he was a little timid in the beginning, but I think I warmed him up pretty quick, and it uh, makes me feel great. It makes me feel like folks are having a good time talking to me, so now I'm having a great time talking to them. So follow him on Instagram at Michael Grace, and I'll put it in the notes along with his IMDb so you can keep some tabs on him and check out some of the movies that he's done over the years that we didn't mention. So now you have to go get scared along with us and watch Poltergeist 2. And it's on Hulu, free, so you don't have to worry about paying for it if you have Hulu. And I'm sure most people do. If not, it's all over the internet. So check it out, and be sure to subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your neighbors, and thanks for listening. Happy watching. Good night.